Hey, everybody, it's Dane. Um, I've got a real treat for you today. Everybody uh, over here at the Dream Boy headquarters in Dream Boy North Pole is super stoked to share with you guys the first episode of a new podcast um, by John Cameron Mitchell and Brian Weller. Uh, John created Hedwig and the Angry and she directed Short Bus um, and Rabbit Hole. He, wonderful visionary artist. Brian Weller, same thing. Um, and the podcast uh, is beautiful, guys. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's it's like series television and musical theater and a rock concert all rolled up into one. Um, I mean, Glenn Close sings a punk song nailed to a cross. Patti Lapone is a junkie nun. Uh, I mean, there's this, it's got everybody in it. Um, and the, the production is top notch. I'm just thrilled. Episode one, Alone. Test, testing. Good afternoon, America and beyond. Excuse, I'm just testing my new headset mic. <laughs> Sorry, that's the joys of a live podcast. I'm a little nervous, so I'm going to take a little toke from my new CBD pot vape. Which does not get you high. It's just to take the edge off. Isn't it weird? Medical marijuana is now legal in Kansas. And assisted suicide. Palliative democracy. Best that we can hope for. Okay, there's a little intro music I recorded. It's coming out of my computer speakers. According to my wheezing 20th century Dell, which I'm glad you can't see because it's held together by blind faith and dry jism. There are five of you now listening on Intellathon, the world's first live stream crowdfunding app. That's my neighbor. You know, I'm gonna call you Fillery for your protection. Is that cool? Villery is my single physical audience member here at Centerpoint Trailer Court, a small caliber gunshot away from the pitted heart of Junction City, Kansas. My name is Kian, which means head in Gaelic, and I have a brain tumor. But I'm having a good day. I've got a lot of energy, and I want all five, four of you still listening to know I will remain online and on this porch till you cough up the hundred grand I need to cut this fucker out. <laughs> or till I die. Whichever comes first. Now, I wrote this song for my tumor. It's actually a conversation between my tumor and me. Because I figured if my tumor could sing, it might sing something like this. I'm the mold on your bread, the prayer bros on your head, the pause and the joke that makes you cry till you choke. As a lover, I'm unsurpassed, but I come first and you go last. No rival comes above me, I will fuck you till you love me. The end is nigh, so am I. Be there when you die. 
suck on your memories Learn from your mistakes Curate the nightmares that keep you awake I will text from upstairs Just to say you're pretty May you live to see my love turn to pity I hate when you cry So dry your eyes I'm so free To be there when you die I will eat the sins pressed into your flesh I will empty and embalm, I will bathe and bless Just to upload your heartache onto my soft drive We will live forever, the singularity has arrived It's do or die The planet's gonna fry But when you say goodbye, it will still be My life's been one long bad decision But my jail cell's been carved out with precision So spare me the bedside manner Who said a tumor is subtle My kingdom for a hammer To deliver my rebuttal Some will say I deserve this In a karma, bitch I'm a drag in the system Why not make room for the rich? Christians will avert their eyes And pray to heaven above I say, sweet Jesus, I'll take Medicaid over your love tracks do you like it so good. yes oh my uh, gruff neighbor Jack is approaching perhaps menacingly nice song here you go thanks wow it's a 20 don't say we didn't care didn't I'm not dead yet Jack no you're not I'm sorry, one of my uh, symptoms is uh, emotional incontinence. 
I just got to drain my shunt. Just kidding, I don't have a shunt. I can't afford one. For the record, and I urge you to buy the record. Do you know what a record is? Nope. <laughs> More friends are arriving and curious neighbors are emerging from their trailers. Hi! Hi, Bonnie. Oh, how you feeling? I'm hanging in there, Bonnie. You know, here's a factoid for our listeners. Center Point Trailer Court, where we sit, advertises itself as the exact geographic center of our nation, which is what, Phil? Unprovable. Exactly. That's a factoid. Learn something unprovable every day. That's Fillory's friend. I'm going to call you Braniel. Okay. He has joined her on the balding lawn directly in front of the small porch on which I sit, which is sort of clinging marsupially to the swollen belly of my 70s double-wide. <laughs> Former occupant was some kind of East German hooker. The bathtub still coughs up blonde wig hairs. Sorry, I never got to meet her. Okay, ladies, lady and gentlemen. I think it's time for some grim medical background enlivened by sprightly score, guys. Sure. My tumor is located just above and behind my right ear in the supramarginal gyrus, the area most responsible for empathy. So fuck all y'all. I'm kidding because I need you. You see, about nine months ago, I started experiencing severe headaches, nausea, hallucinations, cognitive problems. I had one free MRI left on my health plan and I found an online doctor that I could afford. A Dr. Bagat texted me from Mumbai. Miss Kian Mackay, you appear to have a high-grade brain tumor of extremely unique shape. Yeah. I broke it to my hard-ass boss at the Gary County Library, where I work, and she was really cool. You know, she made sure I had enough days of work to keep my insurance together through the first round of chemo and radiation. Things were looking up. Then I had my first seizure. The seizures kept coming and I couldn't work anymore. My insurance lapsed and now I can't afford the immediate surgery I need to survive. I wrote to my state rep, but our government's priority here does not include the health care of its fucking citizens. Yeah. I hope you die soon! <gasps> fuck you, Ashley. Who the fuck are you? Fuck you! I'll kick your Go fucking ass, your you bitch! Trailer, you fucking homophobe! <laughs> what? Speak English! Fuck you! That was a sonic microcosm of our nation. <laughs> and thus, folks, was I driven to crowdfund my survival. Uh, so how about it, lady and lady? You don't even have to pledge. Just share me, like me, tap me on Twitter, crush me on Grindr, mortify me on MySpace. I don't give a shit. Just help my fucking tumor go viral. $1.50 pledged. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Takamoto Keiko in Fukushima, Japan. Amazing. $2.50. God damn it, I used to hate the internet. This is awesome. Okay, I feel like the 35 of you now listening might be wondering how an overeducated, 
naturally gregarious, mildly closeted gentleman with reasonably symmetrical features ended up alone at the worst moment in his life. Perhaps the answer lies deep within my trailer of secrets. Join me, won't you? Phil, close the screen door behind me. I'm letting the flies out. Yep. Well, you're lucky you can't see the state of my living room because, like nature, I abhor a vacuum. Against the wall, there's about 2,000 VHS tapes. There's a shit ton of guitars, amps, synthesizers. About 10% of them work. Nothing is real. That is Lighty, an African gray parrot uh, who quotes a lot of literature that I don't know. And Lighty learned a lot of that literature from her master, which was not me. That would have been Gyro. Morning, Gyro. Oh, she remembers his name. Don't you, honey? Ow! God damn it, that hurt. You little bitch. We're moving away from Lighty to my photographic wall of fame. I am now looking at a picture of my dad. He's here in his army uniform. He's wearing like a cape and a sword, which I used to love to try on my drag. So that's the story I have to tell today about my friend, Lieutenant Colonel David Mackay. For your meritorious service with the 1st Division. That's my dad's commanding general giving him a medal after Vietnam. Dad documented everything on his little reel-to-reel recorder. That's where I picked up the habit, I guess. For your heroic leadership under fire. Dad was kind of a mash and martinis kind of officer. Very Bill Buckley, sardonic, sleek. You're also the bravest son of a bitch I've ever known. Well, thank you. Sir, I have to admit, I find this difficult, knowing how many real heroes we've lost in the past He was deeply empathetic and totally inscrutable. I think I'll just say thank you and sit down. Which could kind of cancel each other out. You know, my dad hated his own dad, who was a socialist, pacifist prick. So he rebelled by joining the army. Well, that's rich, my grandpa chuckled, because the military is a socialist state for conservatives. Why do you hate me? My dad once asked him. He replied, son, loved people don't do a goddamn thing. It's the unloved who change the world. I guess I was unloved enough to rebel, but too loved to change anything. Shut up, lady. I notice that everyone who's pro-abortion has already been born. <laughs> My mom, born Maeve Ann Mingies in Glasgow, Scotland, was a devout Catholic who suffered from resting victim face. A woman's place is in the House and the Senate. She immigrated to the U.S. at age 12 to eventually teach art, sell Mary Kay, and marry Dad. They were a fun couple. By age six, they had trained me to whip up the driest martini on base. While Dad drank the gin, I'd whisper, in his face. Mom hated that. Thank you for coming. Some facts about me. When Dad was in Vietnam, she was bummed that she got stuck with me. So she palmed me off on a series of au pair girls while she opened a pro-life shelter for unwed mothers in a dead Taco Bell. I have one surviving child. That would be me. My younger brother died in a drowning accident in 73. When I lost my youngest, 
I vowed I would do whatever I could to keep that from happening to another mother. That's why I founded Nason's Shelter. The shelter could house, clothe, and feed 12 pregnant women. Often they had been abused, but of course they would have to leave once they had the baby, which was a different kind of abuse. We have plans for a 24-hour drive-through adoption service. Mothers will be able to deposit their newborns in a specially designed baby bin, buzz the intercom, and drive through with no questions asked. In the 90s, mom took in this cute little army brat named Charisma. Charisma said she could see the Virgin Mary in her chest rash. Would everybody stop looking at me? Nobody else could see it, but mom believed. So she let Charisma live in our rec room in return for mom painting a portrait of her rash. Mom had a thing for the Virgin. She knew what it was like to lose a son. Charisma was a troubled but rather regal teenager. She was younger than me, but I really looked up to her as a mentor. She was the first person to convince me that I was a racist and that in heaven... The last become first, so I win. And she was the first person I came out to. She said she didn't care. Because I still win. When Charisma sat shirtless for Mom's painting, I was allowed to stay if I wore a blindfold. Mom hoped one day we'd all be able to see what Charisma saw in her pimples, the Blessed Mother weeping for the world. Mom sold a few prints of the painting and gave Charisma a hundred bucks to give up her baby for adoption. Charisma instantly regretted it. When Mom wouldn't tell her where the baby was, she smashed up Mom's Chevy with her easel. She was sent away to live with her dad in England. You ain't seen the last of me. And she was right. More on that later. My second mentor was my aunt Ida. This is her in the 70s. She always said she was born too late for jazz stardom. And listen to this glaring injustice. This is her only YouTube video. It's from a 1975 Elvis show in Vegas. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. At the end of Love Me Tender, she rushes the stage and starts throwing eggs at Elvis's head. You killed my career, you fat fuck! <laughs> That's all we have of her. That's like it. But you know, she was the mom I always wanted. Once when I was seven, the cutest boy in school, Rory Mudd, invited me over for a sleepover. And of course I was so excited that I could not sleep. But I pretended to. And after a while, I realized that Rory was watching me. And then he was touching me. And it felt good. I cottoned on real quick. He would keep touching me as long as I kept pretending to be asleep. The next day, he ignored me at school. I was so upset that I hopped on a bus to Kansas City to find my Aunt Ida. She was singing at a little jazz club and they wouldn't let a seven-year-old in. 
can? What in holy heck are you doing here? Where's your mom? She doesn't care where I am. Well, Key, who does care? You do? Yes, I do. No, I think Mac will let me sneak you in. The son of a bitch owes me. Don't tell your mom I said bitch. And don't tell Mac I'm not your mom. <laughs> She found me a spot behind the drum kit where nobody could see me. The drummer stuck toilet paper in my ear and curled me up right next to him in front of the kick drum. It felt so good there, like I was back in the womb. Christ, that was a tough crowd. Between sets, I sat in her dressing room, feeling very important, while she was in the bathroom. Freshening up. Make sure nobody comes in here, honey. I'm naked as a gay bird. <laughs> Don't tell your mother I said gay. Okay. Key, look at you. You're a goddamn catch. Got your eye on anybody at school yet? No. Anybody got their eye on you? Rory is mean to me. Oh. It's scary to be looked at. Well, why would it be scary? Because he might look away first. Well, Key, you know your Auntie Ida would never look away from you first. I know. And you just let me know if anybody looks at you too hard, okay? Okay. God, I love you. Always did. Always, Always will. will. <laughs> well, I should call your mom now. She's going to kill me. No, don't. <laughs> Can you sing me a song? I'll sing you a song in the next set. But first, your Auntie Ida needs to go to the bathroom. You always have to go. The older you get, the more you have to go. This is for my little key and the key to my heart. I ran out from behind the drums and sat right in front of her, just inside the smoky cone of her spotlight. Love at first sight, my dear. Say 
age wasted on the old. A kiss can be bliss when it's past the abyss. But then I find all that begun and all that's worthwhile must end. to stay there forever listening to her singing songs that perhaps I wrote songs of prepubescent obsession and heartbreak ladies and gentlemen Caleb Curtis you swing motherfucker love at first sight my dear never into the world alone and we go out the same way yeah. maybe that's season on Anthem Homunculus. We're still here on my porch, raising money to get my brain tumor out. $3,460. Pledge it up. Yeah. And if you can't afford to pledge, maybe just stay up with me and listen to my life flash before your ears. If you stare at anyone for three minutes without breaking eye contact, you fall in love with them. Want to try it? Three minutes is a long time. I peek in and see a beautiful young man in his mid-twenties reading my old copy of Naked Lunch, Shiro. Tim. Yes, Shiro. I forgive you for what you'll do to me. I'm Jairo. And you're Joan. Hi. Uh, you're cute. I'm looking for a sperm donor. Everybody look, don't close your eyes. Seen it all, you're in for surprise, everybody.
want to have a child with you. Oh my gosh, are, are you sure? Yes. She hopped and popped and reached deep within. She birthed a man child who was ugly as sin. My tumor's getting bigger. I think it's everything I did wrong. Damn, you are Catholic. Your antibodies are attacking your own brain cells. This explains your increased hallucinations. Oh my god, Kian! He's having a seizure. Don't freak! This is your afterlife! Am I dead? Not yet. A brain tumor is like an in and out pass. Is that mom? Nailing herself to a cross, yes. Martyrdom is one of the few positions open to female applicants. I couldn't have put it better. If this is your hallucination, you just did. By the power of the child and soul, Serious, do you think God exists in you? You need to talk to I want you out! Get out of me! Anthem Homunculus. Available only on Luminary. Anthem Homunculus was written and composed by John Cameron Mitchell and Brian Weller. Directed by John Cameron Mitchell. Executive produced by Howard Gertler and for Topic Studios, Lisa Leingang and Lital Molad. Edited by Brian Cates and Ali Muni. Sound designed by Kate Belinsky and Greg Switlowski. And mixed by Greg Switlowski and Steve Bone. Recording engineers Vincent Cashion and Patrick Darabas. Associate director Zan Vilento. Music director Brian Cavanaugh-Strong. Music mix by Pat Dillette. And casting by Henry Russell Bergstein. Featuring John Cameron Mitchell, Cynthia Erivo, Glenn Close, Patty Lupone, Dennis O'Hare, Madeline Brewer, Ben Foster, Alexander Yazowitz, Peter Scolari, Bridget Everett, Stephen Payne, Ty Bauman, Kristen C., Luke Slattery, Matthew Piazzi, and Gail Thomas. Anthem is a production of Little Punk and Topic Studios and presented by Luminary Media. For more about the show and soundtrack, go to topic.com anthem. Wasn't it freaking amazing, huh? Anyway, uh, I hope that you're going to join me in listening to more of Anthem uh, over on Luminary. Uh, Luminary's got a free app uh, that has all the shows you already love, um, but then it's got premium shows like this that are ad-free that are only available to premium subscribers. So go over to Luminary Podcasts, that's podcasts with an S, dot com for more information. Thanks, guys.